Asker International School opened its doors in 2013 with just 35 students. Today, we have almost 400. We're still a small school, but with a big voice. This is our podcast, Uplift Ed. I'm your host, Mr. Ma, and today's guest is Angie, here to talk about phonics. Hi, Angie. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your educational background? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, I'm originally from South Africa, and I moved to England when I was 18 to study um, a bachelor's degree in education and psychology. I then went on to get my PGC at the Institute of Education in London, and that's where I taught for six years, specialising in the early years, and I was literacy coordinator. In January 2014, my husband and I moved to Norway, and that's when I began teaching here at AIS. So I guess in London was the place where you first came across phonics? Yes, yeah, that's where I studied it first in my PGC, and then started to adopt that in school and led that in my school in London. So what is Synthetic Phonics, and what is the ReadWrite Inc. Phonics program? Uh, synthetic phonics um, involves the relationship between sounds and we call them phonemes and how the words are spelt using the letters or the graphemes. There are 26 letters in English and approximately 44 sounds. The problem with English though is that we've got over 150 ways to represent those sounds so it's quite a complicated code. Is this because generally it's a, it's not a transparent language? No, we've borrowed from loads of different languages when we've with our English, so that's made it a little bit more complicated. Um, and read write ink, synthetic phonics, the children are taught to read the letters um, by saying the sounds that they represent, and then they decode or read the words by combining the sounds together to make the words. This is called blending. Importantly, with read write ink, it simultaneously teaches children how to represent the letters in, as graphemes and how to listen and identify those phonemes within the words and segment them to support their spelling on how they encode or write. All right, can you just clarify, there's quite a few domain-specific words there, yeah. such as graphemes and phonemes. Can you quickly break them down? Yeah, the easiest way I always say is phonemes, if you think of it like your phone, so that's the sound, and then the grapheme, it's representing a graphic, so that's the letter actually written down. Got you. Okay. Now, how is synthetic phonics different to phonemic awareness? Uh, phonemic awareness is a lot more about just understanding that words are made up of sounds and it deals with just the sounds in spoken words so it's focusing purely on the oral side of things where synthetic phonics involves the relationship between sounds and the written symbols. Um, a large part of why I proposed we follow the read writing program is it's in the name it's reading and writing and how important it is that they're taught together. Often if children are taught it um, in isolation, they don't make that connection between the reading and the writing, and they think phonics is a separate entity when it actually comes to their other subjects. In your opinion, why is this the way you think learning to read and write in English should be taught? I mean, why should children learn to read with synthetic phonics? This could be a long answer. Okay, come on phonics, then. Phonics is, might be known as my third baby, so... Um, <laughs> The, the process of teaching children, um, it's, it's a hotly debated topic and for years many teachers have used a mixture of approaches and it's fair to say that most children will learn to read regardless of how they're taught um, and that's what lots of us as adults maybe can experience from our own experiences at school. 
the problem that I feel um, and that the research shows is that a significant minority slip through the cracks. Sometimes children might appear to be reading well, but later on there's, um, they, there's, they need a little bit of extra help as the strategies they've been given don't support them as the, the concepts or the vocabulary gets a little bit harder. Um, a common approach to teaching and writing is the whole language approach. And that sort of focuses much more on the whole word level and the meaning of stories. Children need to memorize the shapes of words. And they do bring in an element of phonics as a strategy later, but uh, the children sort of often are relying too much on memory or guesswork. And then these mixed messages can fail some of the children, particularly those with a form of learning difficulty or those new to English, which make up a large part of our cohort here. Uh, whereas with synthetic phonics, which is what we adopt here, and as I've explained, it systematically teaches children the complex English code. The focus is on demystifying the code and making them successful, confident readers. To learn to read with phonics, the children look at the squiggles on the page and are able to translate, translate those squiggles into words. Once children are confident in blending sounds together, they become more fluent in reading and then are able to tackle more irregular words. Through this approach, we focus on supporting children to have success in reading and writing from day one. We want to foster, develop a love for reading and make them have a sense of print and also allow them to put those their thoughts into words, which I feel this way gives to them. Personally, and also here at IAS, we um, believe it is important that we adopt and use the best practices based not just on our opinion, but on sound educational research. And synthetic phonics is widely recognized by many experts as the best way to teach young children how to read. And as long as that remains the case, we will continue to provide what's best for our students. Sounds great. Uh, now, teaching children to read is potentially a divisive topic. It often sits at the top of any priority list for children, parents, teachers and governments. But with most things in life, there is more, one, more than one way to skin a cat. How was the process of implementation at AS, seen as the school already had been up and running for three years prior to the introduction of this strategy? Um, well... One of the great things I found at joining, that I got to join AAS at the beginning, um, is how involved us teachers have been and how we develop and deliver our curriculum here. And during my first two years, alongside with my partner teacher, we trialed elements of the read writing program, as that's what I'd used previously in London. Um, and we explored different ways we could deliver reading and writing. Other strategies and programs were used across the other grades. And it wasn't until you yourself joined um, in my second year here that we began the discussions on how it was important that we had a consistent approach across the school, especially in something as important as the delivery of reading and writing. Um, so taking on board that and the research, we felt it was worth investing in Read, Write, Inc. as a program. And so back in May 2016, we had an independent literacy consultant come and deliver training to the whole school. Um, and that's when we began implementing the current program. Over the years, it's evolved and progressed. And one thing I wanted to mention is that what's really important to me is that over the years, I've been gone out of school for two years on maternity leave. And I'm proud that the program has still continued to effectively grow without me here. So I'm not redundant, but I'm proud that the team can still lead it without without well, me I maybe I think being it's a sign present. Of a good, I think it's a sign of a good teacher when you, uh, and a good leader. 
and perhaps you do become redundant. But it wasn't just a training in 2016, you do train in every year as well, don't you? Yes, yeah. So all new staff are trained, all new assistants are constantly trained, and we also take that out to student teachers, making sure the parents are involved as well, um, so that it's a whole community approach. Too. And when you say all teachers, it's not just primary school teachers, I'm just, it's, it's even the MYP and the ODS yeah. teachers. Okay. Um, so anybody should be able to go in and, and teach some great phonics. And you stated earlier that the programme itself is widely supported by experts and research. Now, I'm just wondering how you would respond if bodies of research began to sprout up to suggest there was a better way to teach reading. The same as you said earlier, this, this was your third baby. Yeah, this is true. Um, and I've touched on this a bit that both myself and the school, we always do aim to deliver what research is as best. And as I've grown here as a teacher and a leader, um, I'm quite grateful for the mentorship that I've received to be reminded to not fall into that trap of teacher bias. And we're encouraged to reflect on our own practices, even if it can be difficult, and check that we are actually using the most effective approach. So I think it's important that we don't become complacent and go, well, this is the way we've done it, so we keep doing it that way. If there were to be new research that came out suggesting a better and inclusive method, then we would definitely look at how we could adapt our practice here. Yeah, I can, I can understand. And I'm well aware of teacher bias in our profession. I think it helps being part of the IB community where one of our learner profile attributes is to be open-minded, which does, it's not just for the students, it's for all educators involved in the IB programme. Now, I've heard it said that phonics is all about reading the letters but not really understanding what's written down uh, in terms of comprehension. Can you kind of take us through how phonics is related to reading comprehension? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that's, as you touched on, it's one of the biggest criticisms is that phonics just gets the children to bark out the print but they don't have any understanding. And actually reading, it's, it's a two-part process. The phonics instruction plays a key role to help them comprehend the text. As I touched on, it's a very complicated code and decoding the words and learning through a phonics method aids them in developing and improving their word recognition. And as the more words a reader recognizes, the easier the task becomes. And so the children, their reading fluency improves. Um, the more that they encounter and decode a word in text, the more likely they are to able to be recognized by sight avoid making a reading error and then that's when the element of comprehension can come on a lot more. So is that is that maybe linked to the idea of not overloading working memory? Yep. I'm just thinking the fact that they're having to decode the letters first and then go through the comprehension of the meaning, that's kind of working double on the working memory. But if they, it's automated the reading of the letters part, then it allows them to think. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's not that we ignore the side of comprehension at all. Um, throughout the program and whenever we're running our reading groups, um, it's really important that we focus on the skill of comprehension and it's not something that just happens. We need to teach, explicitly teach children how to look at a page and find the answers to these questions. So that's a lot of what we work on as well. And also, once they are secure in retrieval questions, we can look at inference, reading between the lines and, and working, developing it together. Now we are in IB school with a huge focus on inquiry-based learning. It's part of one of the standards and practices expected of an IB school. So how does the Read, Write, Inc. program align with teaching in an IB school? Um, the way that we've talked about it is that we view how we teach reading and writing through phonics as structured inquiry. 
Um, it is teacher-led, but important to acknowledge that in this instant, we the teachers are the experts and we need to provide the children those skills to become experts themselves. Whenever I deliver any training on how we teach reading and writing, I highlight that if we want our children to be great inquirers, they need that foundation in their reading and writing. And with a solid understanding, then that great open-ended inquiry can flourish, but they need to be able to read and write and have been taught how to do that effectively. Um, and also, I think we don't say this is the program and teachers have to follow it by the same, everybody's saying from the same hymn sheet or the same script. The training is there, the teachers are observed and they deliver um, the phonics program, but teachers and assistants take ownership. They make it their own and support the children in a way that works for the children as individuals. Okay. And finally, we are a dyslexia-friendly school, so how does this approach align with supporting these students? Um, I've touched on this a little bit earlier in our discussion, and part of our key reasoning, again, behind re the Read Writing Programme is that it's recognised as one of the most inclusive approaches to teaching reading and writing. Most children will learn to read and write, regardless of the method, but synthetic phonics supports those with learning difficulties the best, and especially those with dyslexia. Numerous special needs bodies, such as British Dyslexia Association, um, advocate for synthetic phonics approach, as it's the most effective way to, for them to make sense of the complex code. And um, I also work really closely with our SEN coordinator to make sure that together we're focusing on the best support for all our students. Yeah. Angie, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Lots of information there, lots of stuff to think about, both as educators and as parents, about why and how we deliver uh, reading and writing in Asker International School. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me and letting me talk about something I'm very passionate about. Uplift Ed is an Asker International School production, a small school with a big voice. Thank you for listening.